At pick 183 in the sixth round, the New York Giants selected Cam Brown outside linebacker out of Penn State. And Chris, he sure is an interesting guy to break down and analyze as a prospect because he could really go either way. This is the Chris and Joe Show. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Fum. We are presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. This prospect for Cam Brown is very different than some of these other guys that we have talked about for the Giants because he is not so finite and easy to describe in terms of what he could potentially become, what his worst case in terms of what he'll develop into because he is such a raw prospect with a lot of really good traits but a lot of serious mistakes on the film. Going right into Cam Brown, who we are breaking down on today's show, six foot five, two thirty-three, which is huge in terms of in terms of height at the linebacker position. Thirty-four inch arms, and was really used all over the place on that Penn State defense. They worked him at outside linebacker, inside linebacker. They had him defend the edge. They also sometimes put him in the slot to cover receivers. Chris, he was really a do-it-all guy, and it kind of made me think about how. The whole pre-draft process, we were talking about perfect guys to fit this new look Patrick Graham defense of sorts, where you want more positionless guys that can move around and, and be adjustable to various things. We talked a lot about Isaiah Simmons, obviously. We talked about Jeremy Chin, Kyle Duggar, Zach Bond, all of these guys that had the right traits to really succeed uh, in this new defense going forward. And if you think about it, Chris... Cam Brown has to be the poorest version of that in terms of the poorest man's version of that rather in terms of not really being on most people's radar but did a lot of different things and can come in and do a lot of different things as a rotational player. Yeah, yeah. Brown was not really talked about in the pre-draft process by us or most other outlets. But he was very lightly mentioned as a potential poor man's version of Isaiah Simmons. And, you know, you mentioned his height, his length. He is obviously, obviously an athletic player. You can see that right off the bat on tape. He moves very well in space. When he triggers to come downhill, you know, there's not much hesitation and he is very quick coming downhill. And he does look like he could potentially be that kind of positionless linebacker that Patrick Graham seems to want. And the Giants really are amassing a pretty big collection of positionless players. You know, I don't like to use the term chess piece because, you know, various chess pieces actually have very defined roles. But just a kind of the Giants have a bunch of defensive Swiss Army knives, and it looks like Cam Brown could be another one. Certainly, he fits the role almost as accurately as you can think as possible of not having a, a def definite position that he will be used in. Uh, Patrick Graham is going to find different ways to work him around. And Nick Filato, who works for Big Blue View and has come on the show multiple times, did so recently, was talking to us outside of the show about Cam Brown and how he really fits what Patrick Graham is looking for and that he could develop into a serious weapon for this Giants defense. We're going to take a look at things and break him down so you understand what he is as a player without having to you yourself 
go and watch the film. For linebackers, this is not as important, but in today's NFL is increasingly more and more important, especially for outside linebackers. That is their ability to defend the pass in space, drop into a zone, cover guys in man-to-man situations, tight ends, running backs, sometimes receivers, depending on what a offense will throw at you. When we were watching Cam Brown and when I was looking at him, I can say pretty definitely that he has the speed and the length that make him a, a serious asset when defending the pass. He can he can move laterally decently, but he has that speed to, once he knows where the ball's going, redirect and close down quickly. And because he's so tall and he's at six foot five, he has this extra length to and this extra range to cover larger uh, places of of, of space around him yeah he can really use that length to shut passing windows down like he does not have to be in quite as tight a coverage as say a six foot one linebacker with 32 inch arms you know that extra length he has really lets him be able to affect that much more of the field and then with his athleticism long he's a long strider he's got good speed yeah, he can really move around the field and he can match up with some bigger players, you know, t- uh, maybe big slots, tight ends, uh, running backs. And he can use that length and athleticism to just kind of close passing windows down, shrink them, and just be a real problem for offenses trying to attack over the middle. Because he's so long, it kind of makes up for this, but. Besides his ability to move quickly and pick up speed quickly and cover large areas once he knows where it's going, where the ball's going, I think the big issue though here is his ability to change directions. So he's not really that quick-footed, which is understandable. He's a really tall guy. He's got, uh, you know, he's very long in terms of his his arms and all that. And sometimes it's not that easy for guys that this big to redirect and transition and move. So he doesn't really cut and and when he makes that decision, get out of his cut as quickly as you'd like him to see. So that kind of hinders him a little bit, but he is able to make up to it to some extent because of how long his arms are, how long his legs are, and how big of a linebacker he is. Yeah, and I would also add that his awareness, instincts, recognition in coverage, those are all developmental qualities. Those are things he, you know, we'll get to this in the second half, but those are also kind of limiting factors for him. You say that he, when he knows where the ball is going, he can get there in a hurry. He just doesn't quite seem to have the mental footwork just yet to have that super fast, almost, you know, psychic ability to know where the ball is going that you see from some linebackers like uh you know the recently retired luke keekley was phenomenal at that like he knew where the ball was going almost before the quarterback did you talk about how he struggles sometimes to diagnose things and react to what's happening in front of that uh, in front of him that leads into our first point about how he defends the run how he is able to play in the box against run schemes The big thing that stood out to me, Chris, was that he sometimes does hesitate to really diagnose and figure out what's going on. I watched a couple plays where he wasn't even in the box. He was out in the slot covering receivers, and the ball would get to the line of scrimmage. It would be handed off at the line of scrimmage, and he'd still be sitting where he started debating with himself if he wants to go or not. So he's a bit hesitant at times, or sometimes he can be... um, 
a little bit too decisive and go in the wrong direction when he's trying to track a play down and figure out where it's going. Yeah, I saw that too. It, it was inconsistent and kind of interestingly so. Sometimes it looks like he absolutely wants to be sure and takes that those extra that extra beat or extra three beats to be sure about where the ball is going so he can make the correct decision. And there's other times where it seems like he guesses. And sometimes he guesses correctly and makes a great play. And then there's other times where he guesses incorrectly or maybe bites a little too hard on a play fake, takes himself out of position and can take himself really out of position. So those are things that do stand out on tape. But I would say also when he does act quickly and correctly, he is not a shy hitter. He is a lot of times you see a knock on some of these more undersized linebackers that they aren't terribly physical. Well, when it comes to bringing down ball carriers, physicality is not one of Cam Brown's problems. And he loves to lead with his his shoulders and, and come full speed at plays, especially when he's tracking things from the other end of a, of a play. If he's on the opposite side, he'll come flying in. He's got that speed like we've talked about. And he'll come closing down, ready to knock the hell out of someone. There were a couple times on the sideline where I watched him as the guy was starting to get wrapped up and he just came flying in to send them into the sideline and out of bounds to stop the rest of the play. So he has that, that kind of missile type approach where I'm going to knock the crap out of this guy and send him into the ground because I have the explosive capability followed by my size to make me into some type of a um, a, a boulder or like a bowling ball rather and, and really attack where the ball is going. The other thing, though, that in terms of defending the run, the only thing I was a little bit iffy on is watching him try and stack and shed against linemen. And if you're unfamiliar with what stacking and shedding means, it's what linebackers need to do when they are reacting and they're trying to defend the run. They need to, when someone is coming to block them, extend their arms, stack the, the whoever's trying to block them, and then disengage to then find the ball. So when he's trying to shed, it's a little bit inconsistent. He's not getting as extended as I'd like him to, considering the fact that he has 34-inch arms. He doesn't really do a whole lot of that. It's a lot of when he sees contact, it's, I'm going to lower my shoulder, I'm going to try and knock this guy over, and that's not going to work with a guy that is six foot five and 300-plus pounds. Yeah, he doesn't use his length when taking on blockers nearly as well as you, as you would like to see. Yeah. Even against like a fullback or something like that, he can just get stuck on guys. And especially if they can get inside of his reach, inside of his arms, and you know, get their hands on him, he just really struggles to dis- disengage that. You know, the good news is, is he does have those long levers. So once he knows how to use them, they will be an asset for him. But right now, he just doesn't have the, the technique and I think play strength is at times another issue when it comes to shedding blocks and making tackles going downhill. Saying that he isn't seems like he's not properly using the right technique is the perfect way to describe it. And we were talking before the show, it just feels like Cam Brown has all this physical ability going for him, the length, um, the, the relative power, maybe not the exact strength that you want, but all of this stuff that you want, 
but he doesn't really use it in the proper way. And I'm not saying that he wasn't coached properly, but it doesn't seem like he really retained the right technique that he needs to be using. There's going to be a lot of work that needs to go into fixing some of this stuff. And in line with that stacking and shedding issues when defending the run, it kind of goes in line with what I noticed when I watch him blitz. Now, he has this second gear when he accelerates to really fly through the line of scrimmage and make a play and, and sometimes blow past these linemen. But the biggest problem I noticed, Chris, is, Chris, is that if he in, initiates and gets any contact with an offensive lineman, he's always leading with his shoulder. He is not using, again, he's not using his extension to try and disengage and and almost bend and, and get around these guys. Instead, he's lowering his shoulder and then going right into the chests of some of these linemen, which leads to him getting washed out of the gaps that he's supposed to be responsible with playing. So that is another thing that he's a bit inconsistent with, which is blitzing, because he's not really using that, that proper technique that you'd like to see from a guy with such length and and such a good build yeah i think sometimes we might look at an outside player who is six five who has 34 inch arms and look and say oh he could be an edge he has edge upside well you know a couple years ago the giants thought that with lorenzo carter who has you know he's got more mass but a very similar build and athletic profile to cam brown and he he had a somewhat similar role in college as you know this kind of swiss army knife defensive weapon and the giants tried to make him an edge and it really hasn't worked out yet so i i think sometimes brown just tries to out athlete guys going downhill and it as a blitzer and it just you know it it just doesn't work it's either going to work or it's not going to work if he gets caught up at all he's gonna get stuck on a blocker if he can make it work if he can get that jump and just blow past blockers then he can affect the play but he just doesn't seem to quite have the edge techniques the edge instincts and just a lot of these things kind of keep recurring in different areas of the field those instincts are certainly not always consistently there when we're talking about blitzing we we pair this too with tackling and tackling as a linebacker has to be the most important trait. You are nine times out of 10, I would say the the first point of contact if a defensive lineman doesn't grab onto someone at the line of scrimmage. Linebackers are hovering around the middle of the field, sometimes towards the outside at outside linebackers. So they're really going to be the first guys at the point of attack before a defensive back or a defensive lineman can come in and make a play on those guys. So you need to be a good tackler. You need to be able to make solo tackles. You can't be reliant on guys helping you. And again, another thing that's just so frustrating with Cam Brown is seeing this inconsistency as uh, as a tackler and one of the things that I noticed that it was honestly a bit odd and I would say ironic to an extent is that he has the range and also more consistency to track down plays from the opposite end of the field he'll burst and fly to the ball he'll wrap up a guy that some guys missed and he'll end a play right there and then but if he's at the point of attack and he is the first person to the ball or one of the first few people to the ball, the ball's coming right to him, he tends to whiff, he tends to dive, he tends to sometimes lunge and throw his shoulder into him. Just oddly inconsistent when you'd like to see him just be able to use those long arms and just grab a guy's ankles or his knees and wrap him up and finish up the play. Yeah, and I think it does come down to him 
being a little bit more of an athlete, you know, when he's coming from the other side of the field, he's able to use his athleticism. He doesn't have to try to change directions really quickly and come up with a proper angle, you know, with you know, a yard or two to spare, but he can set it up beforehand and really out athlete blockers who might not even know he is coming. And yeah, you know, I, I think it really does come down to just a matter of refining his tools and hopefully getting him to a point where he can use them consistently. In terms of what he can use more consistently and, and what he can improve on and work towards going forward. We're going to get to all that, and there's certainly a lot to cover when we're talking about him as a player and a rookie for this Giants team. But before we get to all that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. With all of the prospects we've talked about, they've had things that they need to work on and improve, and it seems like Cam Brown has a lot of things to work on, but I would say, Chris, they are are very fixable to an extent. Not all of them are super fixable, but some of these things are really not that difficult to improve on, and if he works on them, he could get drastically better in various parts of his game. The first thing that really stands out to me, though, in terms of what he needs to improve on is a physical one. And a lot of times with these later round rookies and just rookies in general, they don't come in at the ideal size that you want them playing at. Just for the case of when they're freshmen in high school or in college, rather, and they come in, they're typically around 200 pounds. They're pretty light. And then they have to start working their ways up to a weight that's more comfortable. Some guys add on weight quicker than others. Some guys leave earlier than others and can't get on that exact weight that they want at the professional level. But for the case for Cam Brown, he's kind of built like a really tall safety. And he looks like a receiver out there playing defense at six foot five, 233. And that's decent weight, but he needs to get up to that 245, 250 range because of how tall he is. And I think if he adds that extra bulk to him, he can he can be a lot more aggressive and, and be able to stack and shed better and be a lot harder to block if he's if he's at least 15 or 10 pounds heavier. Yeah, you know, I, I had the exact same thought. It almost looked like Penn State was lining Mike Evans up and telling him to play linebacker. I did as much looking as I could, and he was actually never a receiver that I could find. He's always been a linebacker, but he was 201 pounds when he came to Penn State. So he's added about 20, 25 pounds already. 
And I do agree he does need to get stronger. Adding a bit of ma- adding at least some mass would certainly help. I am a little bit wary of asking guys to add too much because everyone has just a genetic ceiling to how much weight they can carry and still retain their athleticism. You know, I remember, remember a few years ago back under Perry Fuel, the Giants asked uh, JPP to get up to 290, and he was able to do it, but he just was not the same player he was at 270. So you know, we, or not we, the Giants, <laughs> they should be asking Brown to get stronger, but they have to be careful not to ask him to gain too much weight where it compromises his athleticism. Getting bigger is not going to help him corner any better. And if he gets too much bigger, he just won't be able to corner at all. So I I would certainly hope he's able to get stronger. As tall and long as he is, he should have room on his frame to add more mass. But even if he's only able to get up to 240, that I think would help considerably with a lot of his uh, issues with play strength, stacking and shedding, dealing with blockers. But even if he is only ever going to be an off-ball space linebacker, those guys can be useful. The Denver Broncos won a Super Bowl basically with just pass rushers and off-ball linebackers. They didn't have any downhill thumpers. And that style of linebacker is not as useful as it used to be. I really like the point that you made, Chris, about his weight and being too heavy because he already has some trouble redirecting and changing direction when he reacts to things. If he goes way over 250, he's almost becoming a, a pigeonholed edge defender because I don't think he'd have that movement ability to transition quick enough over 255 or 260. That'd be t- way too big. But I really like your thought on on how things are really transitioning to this type of player, these type of traits that Cam Brown has. Just a matter of how can he work that into more of a a football player style um, approach and, and how much better he can become as a football player. That leads into the other thing, though, that we think that he needs to improve on. He just doesn't have, I think, the the awareness that you'd like in a linebacker. The, that's part of the reason why he was drafted in the sixth round and he wasn't drafted earlier. If he reacted better and had better recognition and awareness, I think he would have been a fourth round or a third round or even higher because of those physical traits. But because it's not really there yet, mentally, he's he's going to struggle a little bit early on. And he needs to learn the game a little bit more. And that is all, again, very fixable. And something that a lot of rookies come in not fully understanding everything that they need to know. So it's going to take a little bit of time for them, working around with veterans and sitting in film and, and meetings and just being exposed and learning more. It's really just on Cam Brown now to retain that stuff and make it his goal and his job to learn as much as possible. Yeah, I agree with that completely. You know, we keep bringing up the... It, technique issues, the awareness, recognition, diagnosis, his inconsistencies, and all that really comes down to the mental aspect of the game. Yeah, Part of it may be because of how many different hats Penn State asked him to wear. You know, he was he was asked to play inside linebacker, outside linebacker, a little bit of edge, some slot defender, that is a lot of different responsibilities and it's going to be harder to learn all of those in any real kind of depth than it would be if he was just playing weak side linebacker and that was it. So I, I think the giants can help him 
by at least paring back some of his responsibilities early. Just have him concentrate on you know, special teams and you know, a weak side linebacker. And then add more as he develops, rather than just out of the gate asking him to be weak side, strong side, inside, slot, edge, and just going crazy trying to get the most out of his uh, athletic upside. You bring up another really good point. It's almost like he was decent at a lot of things, but a master of none because he was asked to do so many different things. And he's not like Isaiah Simmons, who was able to retain and do all these things at a really high level. He was doing almost too many things to the point where maybe he was thinking a little bit too much. So maybe they do scale things back for him a little bit. They make things a little bit less complicated early on so he can better figure out how to play his position and his role in this new defense for the Giants. The last thing, something that we talked about the whole time in this show, don't need to go too crazy in depth on it, but his his tackling and, and proper angles in tracking the ball just needs to improve. Uh, sometimes he'll overshoot the play, undershoot the play. He'll completely miss out on where a ball carrier is. And then, like I said earlier, just whiffs too much that you'd like to see for a linebacker. Needs to wrap up a little bit better. Needs to stop diving. If he's in the right position and he plays the ball at a stronger angle, he would have had more tackles and he would have had less missed tackles. Yeah, and I think that will flow from getting the mental footwork figured out. If he can get himself in position before the play gets there, he won't have to worry about trying to move laterally quickly, which physics is physics. He's a guy his size with his length is just not going to be able to drop down, lower his center of gravity, and change direction nearly as well as a guy, you know, six one, six two. That's just that's just how he's put together. So if he can get himself in position sooner and let the play come to not be passive, but you know, put himself in position to make the play more naturally, so he doesn't have to lunge or try to come at things with a poor foundation. I think that will help a lot with his tackling and angles. Like we've done with all five guys before Cam Brown, we're going to project his ceiling and his floor. His ceiling, and we were trying to figure this out before the show, was really, really hard to dissect and find a, a finite thing to really describe as his ceiling because he is all because of the really good athletic traits he has, but also the mistakes that he makes on the field. It's really hard to get, really get a full understanding of what he could become. So the way that we were looking at it is best case scenario, he becomes a rotational sub package linebacker that plays a ton for this Giants team going forward in the next four years, contributes on various passing downs and makes a decent amount of plays. Not going to be a super dominant player, but just a really strong rotational sub-package guy, but the one asterisk we put with this is that if he develops absolutely perfectly and things work out as perfectly as they possibly can, he could become the starting outside line, one of these starting outside linebackers for this Giants defense. But I, I think everything, all of these issues that we noticed about him would need to be completely corrected by the time that his first contract is up. <laughs> Brown is a little bit of a... Uh at least of the players we've looked at in this series so far, he is a little bit of the uh, odd man out in that you know, Andrew Thomas, Xavier McKinney, uh, Shane Lemieux, Darnay Holmes, the, with the Giants' first few picks, they really stuck to kind of relatively high floor players who might not have the ceiling 
that some of the other players drafted around them have, but you can be relatively sure about what you're going to get. Brown, there is a much wider range. And, you know, I think just a rotational sub package, uh, a nickel linebacker is a good re- realistic ceiling for him. A guy who maybe he only plays 40% of the defensive snaps, but he is able to get on the field as a defender, make a positive contribution, and also be a reliable regular special teams guy. I Just watching him come downhill when he makes a decision, when he doesn't have to sort out a bunch of different things, uh, deal with play fakes, all of that, I think he is going to be very good on the coverage teams. And you know, like you say, his athletic upside is as a starting outside linebacker, but everything is going to have to come together almost perfectly for him to realize that. Going off of that, though, Chris, I think an interesting way to kind of look at him is he could work his way into becoming what Keenan Robinson was for the Giants a few years ago. If you guys recall, what he was used as was a sub package linebacker because he was so good in coverage and he was really good as a nickel linebacker. He was really good at covering guys against the pass, and that was how they used him as an asset. They couldn't use him as an every down linebacker, but they found ways to work him in because they knew that was what his strength was. So that could be what Cam Brown becomes, has a very similar build and size to him. That very well could be what we see from him if everything works out best case scenario. Now, floor is a little bit more finite, and I think this one was a lot easier to to determine Because if he doesn't work out, he's really just going to be a special teams guy for a couple seasons, and then he probably won't be renewed for a second contract. The only reason why he he wouldn't be renewed for a second contract is just because the Giants don't get what they're hoping from him. If he doesn't develop and improve enough, and he doesn't get bigger and, and add enough weight, and he stays at really where he is right now, he doesn't have much he can really progress more into. So he wouldn't really stick around for a a super long period of time, but be a contributor on special teams. Yeah, I I think that is kind of a, especially when once you get to the sixth round, that is a floor you have to consider where he's just a a replaceable second, uh, a replaceable special teams guy. You know, if he isn't able to realize his athletic upside and and really only ever plays on coverage teams or you know starts to be kind of a healthy scratch if other special teams guys are able to offer more as backups or rotational players on either offense or defense then you know he he'll be a guy who maybe sticks around as the giants try to get something out of him and then ultimately is you know, we just kind of see a press release that the Giants have parted ways with him and it's kind of like, well, okay, we didn't get anything for that sixth round pick. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything terribly wrong with that. Six rounders aren't always going to end up on your final roster in a few years down the line. There's a chance that he could get cut even during this upcoming training camp. I don't think that's going to happen because the Giants are going to try and get as much out of the, out of him as possible. But We've seen third rounders for the Giants be gone after a few years. So it's just a matter of what they can work with, if they can get out what they want from him. I don't think it's terrible if he's just a special teams player for a few years and he contributes that way. It seems like a lot of these later round guys drafted for the Giants were selected because they were the perfect option and the perfect uh, type of prospect that you want um, for a special teams player. 
All right, that's going to be it from us here on the Chris and Joe Show. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us. Also, follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, and you can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. We are going to continue on to the seventh round draft selections. We've got a, a few more guys before we wrap up and finish up here. The next player that we have on our list is Carter Coughlin, edge defender out of Minnesota.